It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you listen, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. I'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. And to get a T-shirt, as you can see, I'm donning the Sal's T-shirt today. Uh, today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all their properties. Uh, you want to get a Billy C. discount next time you stay at a Holiday Inn? Well, just visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the banner, which is right there on the right-hand side. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Better Spend on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold and you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. Um, don't forget, coming up tomorrow, uh, we will be doing our blast from the past. James Scott, uh, an intriguing cat that uh, we'll be talking about tomorrow. Also, Boxing Hall of Famer Larry Hazard. Uh, we'll uh, stop by and uh, uh, sit with us and join with us. And I don't know. I'm going to ask him. I, I tell you what, I can't ask. I can't wait to ask him about um, the uh, refereeing jobs that took place uh, this past weekend. Um, also, uh, uh, today I wanted to talk about um, the latest on, on Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. I mean, I, you know, it's getting. You know, what is it with boxing where you have one main storyline and then we just keep beating it to death, uh, you know, because we're waiting for updates, you know, and every little thing that's said or heard or rumored or whatever gets taken and run, run, run. And and, and I'm, I'm to blame, too, because I do the same thing. You know, I'm not criticizing it because I do the same thing. It would be hypocritical. Um, but uh, uh, it is what it is. We, we have... Uh, uh, some uh, some news on that. Um, I want to start the show. I also have some uh, emails as usual. Uh, oh, <clears throat> one thing. We have uh, some comments that Javonta Davis has made uh, uh, concerning Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather and his job as Floyd Mayweather, the promoter. 
but not so much Mayweather promotions. It's it's interesting. We, we've heard uh, that there's a lot of conflict going on between Javante Davis and Floyd Mayweather. Um, how about how about a challenge from Javante Davis to fight Floyd Mayweather? Uh, we'll be talking about that. Uh, but first, I, I want to kick off the show with with kind of um, a, a, a sad note. Uh, Wilfredo Gomez, uh, the uh, a uh, former uh, three-time world champion. He's also a Hall of Fame member. Um, he, uh, uh, you know, we, we all know the story. He's uh, uh, having some serious health issues uh, living in Puerto Rico. His sister was basically uh, taking care of him. He's unable to, to fend for himself. Uh, and, and then now she's sick. So, I, you know, um, it was reported that uh, uh, he was uh, rushed to the hospital um, a couple of days ago. Uh, and it was reported yesterday that he's now stable. Apparently, some complications uh, rose from him coming down with pneumonia, uh, but the latest report for the uh, former uh, world champion in boxing hall of famer, um, Wilfredo Gomez, um, uh, Bazooka Gomez, that is, uh, 44 wins, uh, three losses, and uh, one... uh, uh, draw, uh, I guess, is uh, uh, okay. I'm confusing him. Sal is correcting me with correctly written notes. Uh, Benitez, uh, my report says Wilfredo Gomez, um, who, uh, uh, you know, I, I was confusing the sister story with uh, uh, Benitez. So I apologize for that. That's why. Uh, uh, that's why we have you here, Sal, to keep me uh, uh, on the right track. Uh, but Wilfredo Gomez was the one that was hospitalized. But uh, uh, you're on. You're on, Sal. You're live. Oh, wow. Hey, hey good morning. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're acting like a mime. I was like, uh, uh, you know what? The, the last mime I ran into. A little flashcard. Yeah, I know. The last, the last mime that I ran into just had too much to say. You know what I mean? I mean, it was. Uh, that's, funny. Yeah. That's, really, that's really funny. But, uh, but, on, a sad, but on a sad note, uh, I, I didn't hear much about the the great uh, Wilfredo Gomez either, but uh, I know Benitez has had a lot of health issues and and has been in the decline for almost uh, uh, 15, 20 years, I don't know, but uh, as his position or situation is getting worse and worse and his sister, I think he was living in his sister's house or the house he grew up in and uh, having to be taken care of. So is also uh, Wilfredo uh, Gomez having trouble too? Well, from the reports, um, it said Wilfredo uh, Gomez, Bazooka yeah. Gomez. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, Bazooka it, Gomez. Yeah, Fact- and, Fact- and he, he was rushed to the hospital. They're around the same age. But I was wrong when I started talking about the sister. Um, yeah. Because that is uh, Benitez. You're correct on that. But uh, uh, in any event, um, let's get started with some updates on uh, Anthony Joshua. Now, of course, our UK correspondent, Johnston, uh, yes. hooked me up with uh, uh, with some quotes and stuff. And then, you know, to validate it even, not that I question him, uh, and I certainly didn't, um, I... Uh, also saw it on several other news uh, outlets. So uh, we got some comments concerning, um, you know, uh, concerning uh, Anthony Joshua. 
Uh, first and foremost, uh, it, it, there's been all kinds of talks, Sal, you know, uh, as well as I, back and forth and stuff. Back and, forth. You know, it all started, uh, the, it started really with the fans' desire to have this fight, um, you know, between uh, AJ and, and Deontay. And then, you know, it, it became bigger than just the matchup between uh, two undefeated heavyweights, arguably the top two in, in the division. It started to become more you know, boxing, you know, it's about the sport, you know, it's this and that. Um, then the offer came, the crazy offer of $50 million to pay Anthony Joshua to fight Deontay Wilder. I say crazy, not that I'm not suggesting that this fight doesn't have the uh, capabilities of, of making, you know, buku dollars, et cetera, et cetera, but just the way in which it was presented, et cetera, et cetera. Well, since then, I think it was successful because the talks became more serious and, and they're ongoing. Um, now, uh, last week we were talking about where the fight should be, and apparently uh, rumor had it that it was going to take place in Las Vegas because of the $50 million offer. Um, then yesterday came around and, um, some quotes from Anthony Joshua suggest that that's not happening. Um, you know, Eddie Hearn on Saturday said it will 100% be in, held in the UK. Uh, then, um, Anthony Joshua had uh, an interview that took place and, you know, when asked about that, he said, and this is Anthony Joshua quotes, he said, so with all this Las Vegas talk. I just want to say I owe it to everyone in Great Britain that has been supporting me to do my best uh, to get this fight to happen in the UK. That's my opinion. That's my number one priority. Wilder has kind of said, all right, cool, come to, me, come to fight me in America. Uh, but the thing is, with that, I owe it to the fans and everyone supporting me to do it in the UK. The second reason is if I go there, there's always a lot of tricks that play into the terms of referees and judges, and that's why I want to be home where I'm secure. One thing I want to add before I, I wow. move on, Sal, yeah. he's not lying. You know, I mean, we, well, we watch no, it domestically. I, mean, I never heard a call. It's like Donald Trump calling out the uh, the phony press. I mean, the, the, the tricks is uh, uh, quite, a, quite a spin on it. I like that. kind of like that. It's a little shuffling of the cards, if you will. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that it's true, you know. It's and, true. and, and uh, you know, the other thing I, I just wanted to point out um, is that generally in the U.K., when you have a big fight like this, in any place in Europe, and even Canada for that, uh, for that point, you know, they, they, they have neutral judges, at least one. You know, in they, Vegas... You never see that, Jen. I mean, you know, New York is very strict. They pick their own officials, you know, and, and Vegas is along those same lines. And a lot of times you have a fight that's happening, and, you know, you would think that you would have, especially a, a, a fight of this magnitude, you would think that you would have, um, you know, judges that are neutral. Maybe maybe one judge from America, one judge from, from the U.K. I've always said that, And Bill. one, one, one UK, judge one from... You know, uh, wherever, you know, I mean, it, it exactly. makes sense, you know. Yes, it does. Um, so so he, he's not just making an excuse here. I, I kind of I kind of uh, agree with him. He says, uh, luckily, we got enough time to make the fight happen, and we're still yes, working we on it, said Anthony Joshua. Um, I'm continuing with his quotes. He says, we've just sent another offer to them. Uh, it's just technical jargon that we're all going through right now. Which gives me reason that's to believe good. that, yeah. Which gives yeah, me reason nice. to believe. I like the technical jargon yeah, term. Well, it gives me reason to believe that it's it's beyond 
the nuts and bolts. Now they're just, you know, getting into the verbiage, etc. And beyond, and beyond probably the, the split and the money. I mean, that's a big thing, the technical jargon. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, I think right. that I think that you know the nuts and bolts of the uh, of the contract, meaning the money split, and right. et cetera. Um, he says uh, he says uh, I I got nothing to lose. This is an interesting this is an interesting uh, comment from Anthony Joshua. He says I ain't got nothing to lose, and I'm gonna rain hell down on him meaning wow. uh, uh deontay wilder he's got, he says pretty good no i'm just pointing out that these yeah. are quotes from anthony joshua it's he says nothing. i'm going to f him up really bad you've seen it i can go to hell and back i enjoy it as well this time i'm gonna own it he says we're both big hitters so for sure I'm going to be throwing a lot of combination punches, and it'll be interesting. I think he'll be trying to pick his punches. I'll just be coming forward and swinging a lot of combinations, just trying to catch him and hurt him early on. You know, that's an interesting statement, too. A lot of stuff that he's saying is kind of true based on his previous performances and, you know, his questionable uh, running out of gas during a fight. Something yeah, that Deontay, yeah, right now. And, and and well, he's he's given out his gameplay, <laughs> and and something that Deontay Wilder has been very successful in doing is maintaining uh, his gas tank. You know, he says, uh, um, he said, uh, uh, Wilder uh, actually saw uh, some of these quotes and said, uh, "You see, people talk uh, all the good uh, talk, but they're not prepared to walk." to walk through the valley and shadow of death to come and get it he said he once went to hell and back and he enjoyed it he says nigh uh either the devil wasn't there or he's lying um i, I, I whatever i, I love mean, the quote I, from the charge of the light brigade what's that oh to hell and back that was the, that, that, no no into the valley of death i mean i love that's uh, that's somewhat from the charge of the light brigade yeah but wasn't wasn't it from the the movie To Hell and Back? Probably. Uh, I mean, I, he's not the only one that has to quote the Charge of Light Brigade. But uh, <laughs> but but anyway, you know. They, so the talk is starting. Um, wow, uh, but, that's but, good though, Bill. That's a good sign. Well, I, I like this talk. You know. No, no, I I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, your boy Deontay Wilder is is always full of talk. Um, but uh, but here's the here's the curveball. Um, Vadim Komalov who's part of Alexander Povetkin's team, uh, issued a statement yesterday, and it said, and I quote, this is from Team Povetkin, we are still ongoing with our negotiations for Alexander Povetkin to fight Anthony Joshua in September. He says (laughs) the site and country is all yet to be finalized. Wow. But I am hoping we can get an understanding by the end of this month, which is two weeks away. I think that Joshua is willing to fight Povetkin, uh, Wilder, or anybody. We just don't know whether Wilder is willing to fight anyone. What I do know is Alexander will fight for the world title next. It doesn't matter who it's against, but Team Povetkin wants to fight for the world title, and we're confident uh, that it will happen. I, I, I almost feel, Sal, that Team Povetkin is actually 
negotiating or, or uh, giving us the illusion that they're negotiating with both uh, Anthony Joshua and and Deontay Wilder um, only because they mention him, you know, saying that he's not willing unless they're talking about a previous, um, you know, previous issue. Right. Um, and, and one other thing that my man Johnston wanted to throw in the mix here just to get us going is he said uh, uh, Eddie Hearn uh, said that, uh, uh, you know, the the that he had sent out a request to extend the negotiation period for Povetkin versus, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Povetkin versus AJ so he could work on negotiating the Wilder fight, uh, said, uh, and then Barry Hearn, who's Eddie's father, said, the clock is ticking. We got to move quickly. Uh, he also said, I never in boxing believe any deal is done until the contract is actually signed. Um Personally, I don't ever believe a fight's going to happen until the bell rings and they both fight. I want to thank uh, our uh, inside wow. scoop European or UK correspondent, Johnston, to give us this Great. info long before it came publicized uh, through other media outlets. But, Sal, what do you take out of this? Do you think that, um, you know, that, do you think that they really are trying to, to get the uh, Anthony Joshua-Deontay Wilder fight next, or are they setting us up for a fight after they each fight someone else. It, it almost seems like they're going to go down the road that we talked about a couple of weeks ago where Anthony Joshua would fight Povetkin, meet his mandatory, and uh, Deontay Wilder would go on and fight Dominic Brazil, and then these two would meet. The only thing that makes it a little difficult is the time frame that Team Povetkin said that they're looking uh, at fighting uh, Anthony Joshua in September, which would make it impossible i would think to have uh, a fight between wilder and aj by the end of the year well and you make a good case there and i'll tell you what i do not like the last part of this uh uh unfolding uh, uh escapade here because uh, you know it does hint that you know pervekian may be uh in the loop with either camp uh to try and solidify a position or fight with either fighter for the championship, their title, uh, before the two champs do meet. And I don't like that. I think, you know, it's too much on the line, too much to lose. And, yes, November 10th, that we tentatively uh, said the date may be between uh, Wilder and Joshua, is a long way away. Uh, is there enough time to get a fight together? Yeah, they, they could surely get a fight in, in July or August uh, against, a, against a lesser of opponent. But uh, would it be a smart thing to do? No, I, I don't think it would be because you never know. This is the game of boxing. Any given night, anything could happen. And even that, but you got to go through six or eight weeks of training and uh, the camp. And, you know, you, you, you have injuries that occur there too. And uh, so I, I think these guys should be uh, in training camp uh, in a bubble <laughs> and and just have their sights on each other and let Pervekian fight the winner of the fight maybe after a rematch close or in between maybe I don't know but uh, uh, I, I, I can't see how they could actually think about jeopardizing what's on the table right now between Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua that's the fight that they really need to central centralize and be, be focusing on right now Hold that thought. We got more to talk about uh, on uh, that subject as soon as we get back from this break. Billy 
Easy. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, we're discussing the latest AJ uh, against uh, Deontay. Or will it be AJ against Povetkin? And to be honest with you, Sal, I think it's going to be Anthony Joshua against Alexander Povetkin, and I'll tell you why. I think that, you know, Deontay Wilder, and we've said this and talked extensively about it, now, let's just look at, you know, uh, the, the way that the teams have moved and not what the fighters really want and what the fans want. So, so let's just look at it this way for a sec. We've, all, we've both admitted, even though we disagree on, on the potential outcome of the fight and who's better, um, we both agree that Deontay Wilder has not been moved correctly in terms of a promotional uh, deals. You know, he he has not. He should be a household name. He, he should four, be, he, he's by four, all means. He's 40, you know, 39 knockouts. Um, you know, he's an American. So, I mean, he should be a household name in here in the States. And Absolutely. quite honestly, he should be more popular uh, worldwide, just like Anthony Joshua is. But his choice of his team has failed him. Um, with that said... If it weren't for uh, Deontay Wilder himself self-promoting and, and, you know, doing it the way he does, even though it's not one of my favorite uh, ways, but uh, uh, it, it's been successful in a, in a way, I believe that the $50 million offer uh, to AJ and the way it was presented through social media, through a video, through every means except a written contract, which is you know, the most valid way of, uh, uh, you know, trying to get a fight made. Um, I think that it, that 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 move was specifically designed to do exactly what's taking place right now, that we've talked about it constantly, that the interest level has been spiked, that the amount of money that Deontay Wilder will get has increased, I mean, all of these things have taken place since Deontay issued that $50 million uh, offer. The facts still remain that Deontay Wilder does not have a promotional team that can afford that kind of money unless they got all of the backing from Showtime, which is very possible. Um, With that said, the other part of this puzzle is that the WBA had ordered a Povetkin fight. He's the number one mandatory, uh, you know, title challenger to uh, Anthony Joshua's WBA version of the title, and they have said that 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 they he has to fight that otherwise he's risk being stripped. Now, granted, they all supposedly support unification, so they've issued um, you know Anthony Joshua's team an extension. The period had come and gone. I think May fifth it was up the thirty day free negotiation period prior to it going to a purse bid. 
And Anthony Joshua has indicated time and time again that the belts are important to him. So for him to say, forget about it, I want Deontay, I don't care about the belt, doesn't seem to be an option. So with all that said, Sal, and that was a mouthful, I believe, (laughs) I believe that, that, well, uh, well, I believe that Alexander Povetkin will be Anthony Joshua's next opponent, and I also believe that uh, Deontay Wilder will fight Dominic Brazil, and then they will fight each other uh, sometime next year, like I said a long time ago. Uh, However, I still hold strong to my belief, Sal, that this is an extremely risky move for both fighters, especially Deontay Wilder, uh, for, for you know, waiting an extra fight. Anything can happen. And just before we went to break, you even suggested that injuries happen a lot in training. What's your thoughts on the whole picture? I'll tell you what. The way you just presented it, you had a, did you stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night? You know, I think I might have. I, I, I had too many scotches, so I don't remember. You, but, uh, but you sound like a Perry Mason. You gave all the facts, all the data, and all the reasoning. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you present a good case. And uh, you may be ultimately right when you and I started debating this issue and uh, having a, a potential fight against other opponents before they face each other. And uh, with this whole thing with Prevekian coming up to light, uh, it, it almost seems like that could be this the, the route they're taking. Uh, Shame for us to uh, have to wait, and the shame on them for making us wait. But the bottom line is I can't even believe they would actually jeopardize what could happen in between another eight weeks of training camp or six weeks of training camp and another opponent in between what would be probably one of the most competitive, most watched fight uh, since uh, Pacquiao Mayweather won. So I, 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 I don't believe it. I, I like to think differently i don't know though you make a real good case consigliere and uh, i think that uh, you may be hitting a nerve and you know what's a real shame bill and i couldn't help but say what do you know how many fights deontay wilder uh had fought before he won the title i mean where where was he in his in his career when he won the title he's, he had, the he's made he's made uh uh, a bunch of sex, successful de- defenses. I don't have his. Uh... All right, but hypothetically, let's say he's, he is forty and zero. Uh, when this guy hit the twenty and zero mark, I think a, a, a promotional team should have been uh, hired to get this guy into the living room in a household name situation in the United States. This guy should have been uh, promoted because it's a shame because we have. An American fighter who is 40 and 0, who is a holder of one of the world championship title belts, and whether you like him or not, this guy deserves the attention and respect as far as being a champion. And I think it's a shame that he is not a household name at this point of his career. He's 40 and 0. This guy could have been on any talk show. He could have been on a TV show. He could have been. He could have shown up at fundraisers or events. He could have been highlighted. He could have been promoted. This guy is a. That's what. That's what the shame of it is. He's he's wasted years. Not he. The people that he entrusted to promote him, they wasted his years as coming up and as being a champion. He should have been at every big major fundraiser. He could have been at a, a Jerry Lewis telethon. He could have been. He could have been so many places. 
to get his name and his attention out there. Uh, it, it's just a shame. I'm really. I, I wish. I wish I could have done it for him. I would have done. I would have done it with a smile, and, and, and this guy would have been known throughout every household in the United States. Well, that's that's the whole point. That's that's the whole point. You know, he the the, the point. I, the, I'm telling well, you. Well, well, well. The, the the issue here is the fact that you know Deontay Wilder. Uh, he has been forced to do it all on his own. And, 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 you know, he's loyal. You know, the one thing that I admire about, there's a lot of things I admire about Deontay Wilder. I, I, I really admire his relationship with his daughter and all of that. I mean, that comes first, but, but the truth of the matter, a heartwarming story too, up close and personal. Well, well, maybe, well, well, let's, well, let's be fair to Deontay here. Let, let, uh, maybe he doesn't want it. Uh, like that, no. maybe okay, he's protecting right. his kid. You know, so I, I mean, right. I'm not going to go there. Like, I'll, I'll no, be critical. I, I'll be I critical. No, but, but what just, I'm saying is, is I'll be critical of of fighters inside the ring and even some of their antics outside the ring. But when it comes to their family and stuff, I, you know, absolutely. you got to respect where where the respect is due. If he brings it up, then it's a different story. But in any That's event, right. my I point agree. is this: one of the things I really admire about Deontay Wilder is his loyalty. You guys can say, or people can say, a lot of things about Deontay, whether you like him or not. Um, you know, there's clearly two sides of the fence with this particular matchup. You know, people, and, and and this is the part about boxing that's evolved, and and I always blame it. I'm not even going to mention his name, but you know who I blame it on. We'll be talking about him later, but um, you know, he's the he's really caused a lot of division in this sport. And what I see, it's almost like politics. You're on one side. And everything else you hate. Uh, if it's not your side, you hate it. it it's it, you know, boxing used to be ah, eh, my favorite. You know, like 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 for example, when Muhammad Ali, when I was young, you know, sometimes I I rooted for Muhammad Ali and sometimes I didn't, depending upon who he was fighting. I had other fight fighters that you know I, I was a bigger fan of. You know, you were a Joe Frazier fan, weren't you? Well, actually, no. I rooted no. for Ali against Frazier. You know. Wow. Um, but I, I know I, I it, it's you weird. for you root for uh, 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 George Foreman. Um, no, I rooted I rooted for Ali. <laughs> and you're an Ali fan. I, well, you know the the fights I didn't root for Ali was uh, Sonny Liston. You know Sonny Shavers. Liston, that's you know a big one. I mean that's yeah yes. yeah you know but but anyway you like Ernie Shavers. Oh, Ernie Shavers is a good friend of mine. I you know the 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 thing is is that uh, um I, I, listen. Uh, getting back to Deontay, you know, leave okay. Ali out of this. You know, he's I'm the greatest. But but, uh, but but getting back to Deontay, yeah. you know, Deontay Wilder, I, I respect his loyalty to the team around him because yes, they've really they've really done nothing for this man. Yeah. You know, and and you can't, you know, the best thing you could say is they they carefully moved his career in terms of building him up to forty. You know, I mean, let's face it. You know, not that Anthony Joshua fought every tough badass there was out there, but but De- Deontay Wilder has had a very easy road to where he is. You know, you could make the argument that Atur Spitzka and uh, Luis uh, Ortiz are the two top fighters he's ever faced in his life. I'm not giving any credit to Stavern or any anybody else. Um, but with that said, Deontay Wilder, even though his biggest payday has only been two and a half million dollars, and that was his last fight. Um, against Ortiz, you know, he's been loyal. And and really, that's the problem with this guy. He had to pound his chest and, and say these outrageous things. He wants to kill somebody in the ring, all that stuff to get attention. 
Um, it's worked for him. But unfortunately, his loyalty may be hurting his pocketbook. Hold that thought, Sal. we got to take one more break here okay. uh, for now. Uh, it's it's good. we got other stuff going on. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. I, you know, I've maintained all along, Sal, that the best scenario uh, for this whole thing would be a three-fight deal, two with each other. I, I, I strongly, believe, I, 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 I strongly believe that uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder should fight next. Then I think that they should both fight someone else. Obviously, the loser of the first fight would need to get another win. Uh, and then the uh, uh, winner of the fight would need to, uh, you know, have a stay busy fight and then have the rematch. That is the most logical and most financially rewarding approach. What's happening now is greed is getting in the way. All right. They're trying to marinate. I don't care what, what, what both sides bodies. say. Well, well, you're right. Right. But but you see, the sanctioning bodies, they will support a unification. That's why they invented all the other level of belts, yeah, the will. super champion and all of that. That's how they that's how they get around that. But but the truth of the matter is, is that the greed factor, them trying to make more money from the first fight is what the stumbling block is. I don't care what anybody says. All right, Deontay Wilder can't make the money here in the States. He can't. He just proved it by fighting Luis Ortiz, the best opponent that he's ever faced, and he made the most money he ever made at $2.5 million, slightly under $2.5 million. Here's a guy that's now 40-0 and 0 with 39 knockouts as a heavyweight wow. in the United States, wow. and the most money he's ever made is $2.5 million. You know, Anthony Joshua fights in England, fights callers to come, and, and, and makes $20 million. You know, fights Joseph Parker, makes almost $30 million to fight him. And, and these are guys that, you know, so even at the very least, Anthony Joshua continue, can, can continue to fight those guys in the U.K. and make the $20 million, something that Deontay hasn't done yet. Now, Deontay can pound his chest and say that uh, uh, A.J. is ducking him all he wants. But the truth of the matter is, like you've said a hundred times, at the end of the day, the fighters make the decision. One of or both of these guys are not saying, hey, Mr. Manager, Mr. Promoter, Mr. Mr. Advisor, uh, make the fight. I don't make care. It happen. Make I don't it happen. care. I don't care what yeah. it takes by hook or crook, make it happen. Exactly. And and truthfully, you know, I, I know I know this is gonna sound stupid, okay? No. So I, no, it, it is. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know it's gonna sound stupid to say take a $10 million or $20 million deal versus waiting and, and get an $80 million deal. I know that that sounds stupid uh, to, the, to the novice, okay? But there's so much risk in this sport, so many weird things happening. 
an injury that ends your career, a health situation that's non-boxing related ends your career, your opponent that you're dreaming about making 80 millions gets knocked out and that ends the fight. I mean, there's so much. You know, they have value in hand right now that's more money than at least Deontay Wilder has ever made in his life. And, and we're talking about life-changing money, all right? I think it's ridiculous that they're dragging it out. And it's certainly, although it gets the air play and the discussion and everything that they want it to get, it's that part of it's working. I just don't know uh, where it's going to really help in the pocketbook if they don't do the fight. Because I'll tell you what, Sal, it's pushing people away. Well, it's pushing people away. And, and here's what we got to think. How, how, old, how old is uh, Deontay Wilder right now? He's, he's 30-something. He's in his 30s. Right. Well, here's what I got to say to Deontay. And believe me, Deontay, in case you don't know it, I'm a big fan of yours, pal. And, and here's what I would be concerned about. Not only what you're saying as far as the potential uh, uh, loss of this fight happening if they take these uh, uh, side fights or postponements, uh, you, we never know. Uh, Deontay Wilder broke his hand. Uh, a while back, and we had to wait for that to heal. Um, there could be an incident uh, of, of breaking an ankle, shin splints, stress fractures, this, that, anything else, a shoulder injury, training, that's just training, uh, cuts. Uh, you know, it could be so, there's so many variables out there when a fighter is preparing for a, a, a camp and, and a fight to, to reach a date. And you know, uh, it's it's seldom that a fighter enters a ring 100%. I mean, you, you, you have enough to go into a ring and, and, and feel confident you're going to win, uh, but you're seldom going into a fight 100%. Uh, the bottom line is this, too. And I just go back to this, because I can't believe we have an American heavyweight champion who is 40-0, and, 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 and like I said, it, it, cry, it makes me sad, because he's got... How many years left in this career? And I, if I was Deontay Wilder, I'd be looking. What can I do to maximize my career for the next couple of years to take as much from the game as I've given? And that's what he deserves, and that's what he needs right now. And to look at the big money fights that the Joshua scenario would bring uh, between the initial fight and a rematch should be enough for him to retire with a smile and, and, and live the rest of his days uh, doing things. But this guy should have been on, on TV shows. The guy should have been promoted. Uh, he should have been at fundraisers. He could have been a big, big name. Just like Muhammad Ali was, just like uh, all other heavyweight champs have had notoriety and recognition. Uh, it's a shame that they did not give this to Deontay Wilder because he deserves it, and he could have been in a better position to make that buck throughout these years. Now he should definitely look at the best opportunity to make some big, serious money. Because, ladies and gentlemen, a case, and, and Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, when you see a fighter fight for $10 million, you're going to be lucky. He's going to be lucky if he's going to walk home with, with half of that money because you still have to pay 10% the standard contract, 10% off to the trainer, 33 and a third to a manager. You got training expenses. You got taxes to Uncle Sam. So guess what? That $10 million doesn't wind up in your pocket. It does dissipate rather quickly. Is that correct, Bill? Of course. You know that. And, know, and, know and, that. and you know, they have, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, 
uh, fighters are, are for, footing the bill for the training and everybody oh, that they bring. Oh, their entourage and everything and else. The yeah. entourage. And, and you, that's you, a, you, get a, you go six weeks up in the Poconos or, or out somewhere else, guess what? It's coming off of your purse, pal. You know, the, the, the thing that's always made me laugh about athletes, not just boxers, but, you know, they start surrounding themselves with the entourage. You know, a lot of times, you know, you got the bodyguards, et cetera, et cetera. Mike well, Tyson's when, famous for that. Well, well, what happens is once the career is over, those guys, they don't leave yet, and they still no. draw in their salary and, and, you know, everything else. Um, listen, my man, Coach, uh, just gave me a, a – we have our, our, you know, our show chat, not not the, the YouTube chat, which we love uh, how that's evolving. And uh, don't forget us about uh, uh, our Super Chats. But uh, – and they're also discussing it in the YouTube chat room about the suspension that uh, – uh, Deontay Correct. Wilder. Well, Deontay Wilder uh, is uh, uh, it's listed as a um, as an indefinite suspension uh, on BoxRec. Now, now here, here's the thing. Number one, let's keep one thing in in line, boys and girls. Um, BoxRec is not official. All right. I, now, I'm not suggesting that Deontay Wilder is not on suspension, but Fight Facts is the official. Okay, so so whatever appears. On box rack, I look at as for information purposes only. Now, you got my birthday wrong. I, I will say that. See, there you go. See, Sal's actually seventy-five instead of sixty-five. But <laughs> well, uh, I but hinted that I'm but, one year younger. Oh well, yeah, because you lied, you bastard. But <laughs> I uh, but lie. but anyway, just, just that's because you had a whole pocket full of federal IDs. But anyway, anyway, the the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, is that normally in in some reputable states that have you know strong commissions like in new york and that was uh, deontay wilder's last fight they issue a medical suspension uh after a knockdown or uh in a case of a brutal fight now you could say what you want about deontay wilder's uh fantastic knockout victory over luis ortiz however don't lose sight of the fact that he took a severe beating in the round prior to that and as a result the New York State Athletic Commission most likely um, put him on suspension pending a, a, a CAT scan. That's normally what they do. They, they'll put you on a suspension. Then they want a, a CAT scan. They want a doctor to reevaluate it and give them a thumbs up. He's okay to continue. So I wouldn't really read um, too deeply into that because no, I'm sure that Luis Ortiz was issued – uh, a, uh, a a a a uh, suspension as well from New York. Yes, it just happens. But but in any event, I feel very strongly that this fight will happen. I think that they are making a huge mistake, and I blame this on Team Wilder. Okay, now now I I blame them with an asterisk. I, I feel that they should get the most money that they possibly can, and I think that their moves um, suggest that they're trying to to inflate you know, the offers, etc. But don't be too greedy and let this fight slip through. As much as I, I still believe that I'm going to be correct uh, about having this fight not take place until next year, I hope and pray that I'm wrong because I think that the fight should take place next and I think that not only is it a huge fight for both of these guys, but I think it's a huge fight for the sport. And like I said, you know, you want to back uh, pad a, a, a deal, then you settle on a, on a fee. You do a three-fight deal. 
no matter what. You see, this is the stipulation I would put. I would put a three-fight deal regardless of the outcome of any of those three fights. Yeah. You sign a deal to fight each other twice with a fight in between. And even if your fighter loses the fight in between, you still have to have that third fight. That's the protection. That's the insurance. That shows us that we have these two top-notch fighters in the heavyweight division guaranteed three big paydays, win, lose, or draw. I don't think that you can come up with a better deal than that. I'm sorry. You can't. And and if they're going to uh, poo-poo something like that or if they're going to hold out, meaning you know Deontay Wilder's team, um, uh, you know, hold out for more money, uh, hold out to have it in the U.S. Uh, you know, listen, I don't care how you slice it. I don't care whose side you're on in terms of who you like better. There is no way that Deontay Wilder is the A side. There is no way that Anthony Joshua should even be, it should, it should be suggested that he has to conform to all the, the, the uh, concessions that uh uh, you know, Deontay Wilder want, wants to have. So I, it, it can't – listen, let's let's move on, Sal. What's your final thoughts on that? Because i got some more news that you're going to love. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Bill, I, I think, you know, you, you've, uh, you've definitely uh, rounded it off to the factual details that we, you and I have discussed all along. And, uh, you know, they do have to have this meeting of the minds and the meeting of the signature, and they should really look – what could happen as potentially uh, damaging to each, each fighter and their direction. And that's why you take what you have right in front of you and you maximize what you can, but you also, you got to look at the big picture. You don't just look at the micro view. You don't look what what's, what's in front of you. You look at the big scenario, the whole picture. And uh, you look about what, what, uh, what, may materialize uh, 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 that's not in your control. So I think you hit some good points. And, you know, I I, I do not feel as confident uh, as I did earlier today uh, that this fight would be the next fight that each of these opponents are going to uh, face each other because of some of the factual details and what you've, in, you know, encompassed with this conversation i think you you hit some really good valid points and i commend you on it oh hey thanks sal thank you i, I oh, appreciate it I, saved you again you know i i i uh i appreciate it um <laughs> you're the einstein of boxing yeah yeah um yeah yeah I'm, you must have stayed at a holiday Inn express I, I think they i think they slipped yeah, I, that I wasn't a chocolate I, 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 listen uh, let me tell you something that wasn't a chocolate that they left you on your pillow man i'll tell you that but uh Hey, that's chocolate. That's from when I went to that casino. That's a chocolate bar. What is? Oh, right. Yeah, that's a chocolate <laughs> bar. That's nice. That's nice. Um, all right. So uh, let's move on. I got some emails to read and stuff like that. Uh, we'll forever be talking about AJ and Deontay. I think that you're going to see. Unfortunately, I think uh, that you're going to see Povetkin against AJ and Brazil against Deontay. And I got news for you. Both of those fights are tough fights for each of those guys. Brazil is not an easy win for Deontay. This kid can take a, a wallop. Uh, he's, the only thing that's going for Wilder is Wilder's way quicker, uh, way more fluid uh, than, uh, than Brazil. Brazil is, is very – he's not fast. He's slow. His defense is suspect. But, God, does he have a chin. And I got he has his a field. chin, but Deontay Wilder knock him out. 
Well, I, listen, I, he should. He should. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that yeah, it's no, not an no, easy no, fight. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, not saying. Fight. I'm not Any saying. Even night. I always say it. No, yeah. I'm not saying that Deontay can't beat him. I'm just saying it's not an easy fight. And the no. same thing goes for 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 Anthony not Joshua. I, I, I tell you right now that Povetkin fight for Anthony Joshua. I think that Anthony Joshua has more trouble with. Alexander Povetkin than he would with Deontay. And the reason why I say that is because the one thing that stands out, every fighter has weaknesses, okay? And, and you know, we could go on and on. I, I could, I, you know, I feel that Deontay has several that could be exposed by AJ. But the one uh, really bad, we and, and AJ has several that Deontay can expose. You know, one is running out of gas. You don't want to do that against Wilder. Um, but, uh, but the one weakness that Anthony Joshua clearly has is fighting smaller guys. He has struggled immensely with strong with smaller opponents. And Alexander Povetkin, even though he's no spring chicken, people criticize Ortiz and, and Deontay, including myself. Uh, but uh, but Alexander Povetkin still got he still has some pop. And uh, you know the one of the question marks on Anthony Joshua still is that chin. So I, I listen. I think both those fights are dangerous for those two. But let's. Uh, Let's move on. We've all heard uh, Javante Davis. Uh, we both love this kid. Um, kid. You know, I, I think that he is uh, a, a really um, – uh, he's a superstar in the making, all right? And clearly a lot of people are, are associating him with a possible showdown with Lomachenko. I, I, you know, I would love to see it. I would love to see how Lomachenko deals with his hand speed and his punching power and the fact that Javante Davis is willing to exchange and has a mean streak of his own. Um, but all is not well with Javante Davis and Floyd Mayweather. Now, um, we've heard this, all right? And, you know, I've said this all along that I feel that Floyd Mayweather, specifically Mayweather Promotions, could and should become the top United States-based promotional company if they did one thing. And that requires Floyd to stop with his ego BS. Floyd, Floyd is a guy that, that uh, you know, claims he's the best ever and really uh, never proved it in the ring in terms of excitement level. Yes, he fought some uh, you know, a lot of champions, et cetera, et cetera, but it's just the timing, so I'm not going to say that. But as a promoter, if he used the same techniques to promote and build his, his uh, fighter stable and let them excel without being nervous that they're going to overshadow himself, Mayweather Promotions could be the top promotional company uh, in, in the States. Now, they had the beginning stages with young talent like Javante Davis and Badu Jack, um, but it had been it had been brought to uh, the public's attention that um, Javante Davis was not happy with the way Floyd is treating him, uh, especially since he's getting better and better, similar to what happened with Adrian Broner. It's escalated to the point where uh, Davis was quoted as saying yesterday uh, when he asked a, uh, about, he was asked about a Floyd publicly announcing that he wants to put his fighter, which is uh, Javante Davis, in the ring with Lomachenko for Lomachenko's next fight. When he was asked about that, uh, Javante Davis said, I, I felt when I said what I said that I was forced into my first title fight. Then there you go. There you go. 
he's talking to another fighter without talking to me and not even talking to that promotional or management company. You know, he's referring to Lomachenko's team. That's Floyd. He thinks he's above it all. Um, when he was asked about how he would rate Floyd as a promoter, he just laughed and said no comment. He was asked if he's had if if there was any way that uh, you know he and Floyd have discussed uh, a way to settle the differences that are clearly going on. He said, which is strange, we don't have a beef. We're just not seeing eye to eye. He's traveling. He does what he does. I'm doing what I do. I'm traveling. I'm fine. And uh, when he when he was asked how long he's under contract with Floyd. He says, two years, I think I'm supposed to get like three fights. I mean, they've been moving me right. Mayweather Promotions has been moving me right. They're doing what they're supposed to do with me. It's Floyd that's not. And then wow. right after this uh, uh, interview, um, uh, Javante Davis went on social media saying that he wants to fight Floyd Mayweather in the wow. ring to settle their wow. differences. What's your thoughts? <laughs> I might pay for that one. <laughs> uh, in reality, there there's going to have to be a, a catch weight involved here. But uh, I'll tell you what, that says a lot about uh, Javante Davis, how he does really feel about his his mentor and his uh, uh, his promoter. Uh, that's that's a mouthful right there. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's it's him acknowledging that he does feel that he could have been moved along a little bit better. I don't know. Well, I, he, uh, he he said that he he feels that he the feels team the promotional outfit did a good job, right? And and you know that's what matters. But yeah. but you know what what he has said in the past is that basically that Floyd's jealous of him, and. I kind of see that. You know, I, I saw that with Adrian Broner. And when you see, uh, let me just ask you this. If you're a promoter or you're you're a, an advisor or you're a uh, somebody that's, uh, you know, a young fighter's looking up to, right. would you take him to strip clubs and would you put him in situations where he's out at 2, 3 in the morning? I mean, would, would, you, would, you, would you kind of encourage that or would you take him down a different path, especially if, if you yourself – uh, had gone down those paths. I mean, wh how, how would you approach it? I would give him the old Chicky Ferrara talk, as Chicky told me. He said, listen. And I would say, listen. I said, you have a few short years to do something very special and great. That means you're going to have to hold yourself in a special place with your life going forward. That means you've got to do things a little differently than the masses. And that means, you know what? You got to get your balance in life. You got to get your rest. You got to get your conditioning. You got to get your, your diet. You've got to sacrifice for the next three to five years to do something very special. And if you do not do these things, uh, you're going you're gonna to have a potential that you never were able to reach. So I would take them under my, my arm and, uh, and I'd, uh, I'd say, hey, listen, this is how you're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to paint a good picture of you. And we're going to make sure you do the right things. And uh, I'm not going to babysit you, but the bottom line is I'm going to guide you. I'm going to I'm going to help influence you to to be an upstanding citizen, a good character guy. And uh, we're going to show up at fundraisers. We're going to show up at events. We're going to do some good things. We're going to promote you. We're going to get you out there on the airwaves, and you're going to household name. 
And uh, this is what we're going to do to move you along. And we're going to prepare you and present you with some good opportunities and fights and because of some good money. That's what I would do. I'd say you got to sacrifice the next couple of years. You've got to be special and you're going to do things different because the average person doesn't have to do the, the, the things that we're going to have you do. Because this is something that you're going to have for the rest of your life going forward. But you need to sacrifice the next five, three to five years. You know, I, I agree, and, and that's you know easier said than done. But the first step it would is. be the first step would be setting by example, showing teaching well, by living example. by example. That's what right. I that's what I say. That's what I say at, at, to my employees every day at work. Is you know we lead by example, and 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 they do a great job. And and it, it, any type of leadership comes from comes from seeing example and and something special. And that's what Javante Davis needed to see from Floyd, doing something special, doing something unique, having the one-on-one time and conversation and talk. What made Floyd so special? Share it with your fighter. Uh, do some things. And, 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 you know, make it make it apparent that you do care, you do concern. And not only are you willing to take this fighter underneath your wing, but you're willing to give him all the tools necessary to become something special and not just feel that, He's going to be vying or tying or 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 looking for a situation where he's going to surpass uh, where you were as a fighter. You know that that would be that would be you know uh, like like other trainers have said. You know you have you spend a whole career learning the game and fighting and and and, and catching it and and developing. And the only thing that they always said to do was we'll pass it on to another fighter one day. That's the old school. That's the Don Turners. That's the Ali Stoltz. That's the that's the uh, Chicky Ferraris. That's what they all told me, because they felt that boxing was that special. And whenever I thanked them for showing me, wow, that was great, Chick. Thank you, or, or Don, that was great, man. I, I love that. Or or uh, Johnny Torres. Everybody else, well, Sal, just just show another fighter that one day or so, you know, because they had the insight, they had the feeling, they knew that that training and 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 the continuity or whatever was gonna be translated from generation to generation to fighter to fighter was somehow being lost, and they wanted to put in the preventive steps and measures. So if, if Floyd Mayweather could say, hey, I finally could let go of my fame and, 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 and things, knowing that I could share and help propel some fighter onto another level of where they are now, to a level that maybe even I, I, I uh, sur- uh, couldn't surpass. Who knows? That's what they should do. Well... You know that's the that's the whole point. That's being selfless, not selfish. Well, well, the 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 whole point is, is something that you said. You know, a good promoter, especially a former fighter, wants to help a young fighter achieve, and they want to help them avoid the pitfalls and mistakes that Absolutely. they themselves made. Floyd that's has right. a tendency to not do that. He he wants to help a fighter. As much as he can until that fighter may all of a sudden start to to get the recognition that, you know, he craves. Like, for example, Floyd is always talking about his fighters fighting the best. Floyd never fought the best at their prime. He fought big names, but never at the best. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. Uh, I got some emails to read. We got some news the return of Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Does anybody really care about that? But uh, we'll talk about that and some more in about two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. 
Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, Sal. I mean, it is what it is with, uh, um, you know, Javante Davis. I, I, I like Davis, um, and uh, I, I hope that he, he accomplishes what he set out to. I, he's a special talent. Very rarely do you see yes, guys you know, with the ability, you know, you see other fighters that achieve a lot, Sal, but it's due to, you know, a lot of hard work, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not suggesting that Javante Davis doesn't put his time in the gym, but he's also possesses some natural, natural ability that other fighters can work their ass off day in and day out and never achieve. So I, I hope that uh, Davis uh, uh, accomplishes uh, what he set out to, and, and that's to win. Uh, a lot of titles in multiple weight classes. That's what he said, you know, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that myself. Me too. I think he's a special fighter. I think he's got a lot to give us in the future as far as his skill level and uh, his ability. And I think uh, we're going to see some real special fights between him and his opponents. He's, he's, a, he's a star. He's a, he's a future superstar. Um, some news that I wanted to uh, mention. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. Uh, apparently will be returning to the ring in August. He will be fighting uh, slightly over the super middleweight uh, division, so they claim. And he has just signed with Eddie Hearn. It was reported wow. yesterday that he uh, um, you know, just signed. Uh, and uh, what's your thoughts about him getting another chance? Well, you know, he's gotten several, hasn't he? Um, uh, you know, I thought the last one he, he, he had the opportunity to do something special was, uh, falling well short of its mark. Uh, I rather see his father, Julio Cesar, Cesar Chavez Sr. make it come back to the ring. In fact, that's a fight. Give me that fight. I asked Bob Yalen to get me that fight in the nineties. Let's, let's promote that fight. I'll come back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. I know. I'd rather see <laughs> I don't know, Bill. That's that's a that's a hard that's a hard thing to, to, to look at. I I felt he's had more than one opportunity, which he has, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And every time he's gotten that big opportunity, he's fallen well short. Uh, is he gonna be serious this time? Is he gonna train this time, that time? I, I don't know. How many more, more strikes does he get at the bat? I don't know. Well, the question is, is how many more chances do the fans want to give him? And, and I think they've, they've given him enough. You know, the, 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 the sad thing about Chavez Jr. is that his lack of dedication is what's been his enemy, his biggest enemy, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens. He's got some skill. He's got some level of opportunity and skill. But 
like you just said, his lack of dedication and taking it serious. But I still, I, you know what? Though? I don't see that nasty streak. I don't see that fire. I don't see that 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 intensity, that desire, like I did in his father. His father was a legend, and and, and still is a legend. And you know, it's hard to. It's hard to live up to that kind of status and legend. He'll never do it, and and uh, nor should he really even try. He should become his own, which he has obviously become his own entity, his own fighter. But but uh, uh, he should have maybe been a little bit more dedicated to the sport that uh, that his father uh, respected so much. Well, his father is the one that gets all uptight when he sees the lack of dedication. It well, that's kill what I'm him. saying. Exactly. I mean, lead by example. I don't think the father could have done much more. I mean, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. is a legend. I mean, the guy was stellar. He did everything he could do to to attain the level of success and opportunities and dedication and, and spirit of a fighter and a warrior, and that's what he did. Well, that's, I mean, you the know. Apple- fell a little bit further from the tree than what we wanted. <laughs> yeah. Than what we anticipated. No, I think that apple was hand-delivered by the snake to uh, <laughs> to Chavez. But uh, uh, anyway, anyway, let's get some emails uh, out the way. Uh, this is from Jesse. He says, hey, guys, I didn't get a chance to watch the fights this week, but a good win for Gary Russell, and maybe uh, he should fight the Leo uh, Mares winner, uh, Carl Frampton, Warrington, or Valdez. Uh, who is the best in the division? Um you know, and then he says uh, Adonis versus Jack rematch or Bivol or uh, Godsvik. Um, first of all, I think they're talking about uh, Gary Russell uh, going after the Leo Santa Cruz Abnamare's winner. I think Gary Russell, like Dak suggested yesterday, should be mentioned in, you know, when we're talking pound for pound fighters and stuff. I mean, if he continues to put on performances like he did against Jojo Diaz, and I give him a hell of a lot of credit, Sal, because Diaz Diaz worked that body. I, I'm shocked that it didn't slow Gary Russell down. And although I've always been a big fan, and like I said last Friday, I was really hesitant. I went against Gary, um, yes, but, so but but I but but Diaz. but it wasn't because I didn't like him. I mean, no. I, I'm a bigger fan of Gary Russell. I was just you know I, I thought for some reason that JoJo Diaz would wear him down. Uh, clearly was the bigger, stronger fighter, but uh, Gary Russell uh, was ready for it, and, and I would love to see him fight the uh, uh, the winner of uh, Leo Santa Cruz and Abnamaris. Right now, uh, Leo Santa Cruz is is uh, is that guy, and I think he's going to come out on top uh, against Mares, and then that would be a great showdown with Gary I think, Russell. I think you're right, 100%. Yeah. You never know. You never know. I mean, yeah. Mares, you can't underestimate him, but... Uh, no. Uh, as far as uh, um, the Adonis uh, Stevenson versus Badu Jack rematch, I, I I like a rematch. I'd I'd like to see a rematch, and I would like to see if Badu Jack changes the game plan. I think the game plan and the um, fact that they you know purposely gave up the first half of the fight was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, I would go right after uh, uh, Adonis Stevenson, even those early rounds that Badu Jack gave up. They weren't dominating rounds by Stevenson. You know, he squeaked by him. So uh, I'm not a fan of Adonis Stevenson at all. But uh, I'm getting that picture. I, I can assess you that. You see that? You see that? Dude, <laughs> you know, it's that. sort of that's like I'm not a fan. A, it's sort of like I'm not. Wall, I clean yeah, up you're pretty good. Nothing gets by you. <laughs> Nothing gets by you. I, I you know, I, I bet you kind of noticed that I'm not a big fan of uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather either, probably, right? 
Well, you know, I'm I'm starting to get that hint too. I I, I see these things, you know. It takes out, uh, you know, I I, I assess very carefully. <laughs> um, he says, how about an, a mismatch between David Benavidez against Matt Karabov, who's a middleweight, uh, probably a small one at that. It's disappointing in this bout. Uh, I was. It's disappointing in this bout. I wish you guys would learn how to end a sentence with a period, and I, it makes makes me sound like I can't read. You know, um, he says uh, uh, it's disappointing. Period. And then in this bout, I was expecting him to fight uh, top ten super middleweight. I expected him to face uh, Jose Uzagagua, uh, uh, Callum Smith, uh, Nahib Mohammed, I. Uh, Jesse Hart or, or James DeGal. Is this a stay busy fight since those guys aren't ready in training camp or is this a padding of the record to make them look good? Um, listen, once you're a world champion, you should be facing top-notch opposition. I agree with Jesse here, Sal, that uh, Matt Korobov isn't the guy. You know, a lot of people have been questioning David Benavidez. I love the kid. But once you're a champion, there's no more building you up, man. You got to start no. facing the top guys. And, um, you know, I, I, there's nothing worse than watching one side of fights. You know, we're, we're looking for sports betting to become legal here in New York. Uh, it's definitely going to be legal. I think next week they, they kick it off in, in really? Atlantic City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh, we wow. had a whole show about it. Where were you? You know, we were talking about that. <laughs> um, so, and, and boxing used to be such a, a you know, good sport to to bet on and but oh, now yeah. but but now i mean you know you're 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 taking huge underdogs and hoping for something fluky to happen because the fights are so you know one-sided you know but uh lately we've been treated to some good fights but uh in any event i think i'm with uh uh i'm with jess on this i think it's a mismatch fight personally he says what's your thoughts on the uh, Jerwin uh, uh, Antikias fight in Fresno, I'm thinking about going, and I apologize, I probably uh, murdered that name. Uh, Jerwin uh, Antikias, I, I think is how you pronounce it, and, and I apologize to everyone's name I've murdered. He's scheduled to fight Jonas Sutan uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. I would say to go to the fight, Jesse. First of all, Anytime you can get to a live fight, it's it's worth it. But this fight, you know, this fight in the Superfly, Superfly, Superflyweight division. Absolutely. When you look at Jerwin, I'm going to call him Jerwin. He's the IBF World Superflyweight champion. Um, he's ranked at number seven as a Superflyweight. He's 26 years old, same age as uh, Jonas Sultan, uh, and he's two inches taller at five foot six. He's also a southpaw, okay, So and, and Sultan is not. So right off the bat, you got some issues there uh, that, that would make an interesting fight. Here's another interesting stat. Uh, Jerwin has been a world champion. He won the title against McJoe Arorio back in 2016. Um, since then, he's including that fight, he fought five times in a year and a half. So he's busy compared to, you know, most fighters today. And who did he fight? Aside from winning the title against Arroyo, he beat Jose Rodriguez, who was 32-4. Wow. and four. He beat uh, Teruru Kinshuti, who was 25-1 and one with a draw. He beat Jamie Conlon, who was 19-0. and 0. And In his last fight, he beat Israel Gonzalez, who was 21-1. and one. Five successful title defenses in one and a half years, all against top opposition in his division. 
You can't wow. knock him for that. But no, wait. <laughs> sure there's, more. there's more. Because Jonas Sultan is ranked at number six by the computer, a, a, a higher ranking than Jerwin. And, and you look at his record, and in his last three fights, um, and by the way, his record is 14 and three. He's got three losses. He lost right. uh, to a fighter in, in 2015. Then uh, he lost uh, a couple of fights early in his career. But his last three fights in December of 2016, uh, Mazzoli uh, Teat, he uh, knocked out in two. His record, 15-1 and two at the time. He also beat, despite him being old, uh, Sonny Boy Yarrow, Knocked him out in eight rounds. Uh, Yarrow, uh, known for his chin, um, you know, beat him. And his last fight, he beat uh, John Real Casimiro uh, in 12 rounds. Yeah, you could say another older fighter. But this is a good fight. These two guys, I, I tell you right now, uh, Jesse, to answer your question, you get a chance to go to this one, go to it. It's going to be a good one. That's uh, what I think. Um, Absolutely. For sure. So uh, I'll keep that one uh, uh, on your uh uh, radar there, Sal. But uh, um, you know, uh, you know the. Uh, I, I just want to say we got. I, I want to talk to somebody in the uh, chat room. That's in the Billy C Boxing chat room. Uh, my man, Boxing Nut. Uh, here's the thing: we, we use this particular chat room. We got infiltrated, and we changed it around. Well, we kind of use it for uh, the show. If you want to get some uh, uh, good discussion, go on over to the YouTube chat room. That's kind of taken over uh, as uh, the main chat room. A, a lot of uh, people are in there. We do have moderators uh, pr policing it, so everything's good in there. Uh, so uh, go, go over there for some talk. Plus, it gives uh, us the ability to receive super chats, which are very important, very important, Sal, especially... Uh, the way the finances are going these days. But uh, um, another email. You ready? Yeah, let's go, man. I can't wait. Um, I'll, read, I'll read the chat room. That's what, just, you know, well, no, the chat room. Once. Now he's saying this is the original room. He's right. He's right. I mean, he's he's not, he, you know, he's saying all this stuff. That's right. Um, and, I, you know, I'm with him. I You know, I agree. The only reason why we, we had a bail is because, you know, of, it, of the idiots. I can't stand... People that don't talk about boxing now, now and me and my man, uh, uh, boxing nut. You know, obviously we, we don't. We, he's a. I guess he's a Floyd fan. I'm not. We don't agree with that. Um, but you know, the thing is, is like he said earlier in the chat room. You know, the whole idea is to have you know constructive conversation. Not everybody has to agree with with us, and I don't want them to. Uh, but unfortunately, we had a lot of people bail. Uh, because of uh, a couple of individuals who have since been banned and are not allowed in. But at this point, uh, we discovered that the YouTube chat uh, seems to be uh, picking up, and uh, um, we like the fact that we can get Super Chats. That's the second time I've, I've mentioned that. But uh, anyway, let me get going with uh, uh, my man, uh, another email. This is from my man Mitch. Uh, he says, uh, uh, hey, Billy C., um, I was at the uh, Gary Russell Jr. Jojo Diaz fight uh, this weekend. I have a few observations, but first, uh, I want you to look at this. And he sent me uh, a picture of uh, Canelo Alvarez. He says, in the picture below, look at the neck difference. Uh, he says also in the, in the video, look how small he is and how muscular he's not. And all of a sudden, um, you know, he becomes a monster. 
he says, uh, if the picture and the video change come, come September, then the chemist is once again ahead of the drug test. Now, I did look at the pictures that came with this email, and he's right. The, the still shot of Canelo Alvarez looked like he was a Russian weightlifter. I mean, his neck looked like uh, Manny Pacquiao's head a few years ago. I mean, it just, it, it was, it, it, you ever see, years ago they had this movie called Kentucky Fried Movie, and they kept saying, it was a joke, it was a spoof, and uh, yeah, they yeah. kept saying, look at his neck, he's got no neck, the guy has no neck, you know, and uh, and this was, uh, this is like Canelo Alvarez, I mean. Kentucky it, Fried Movie. Yeah, yeah. His, ne his neck kind of, blends in with his gigantor head and his shoulders. So um, it, it does look like Canelo has been uh, <clears throat> not following the proper rules. Let's just say that in these well, photos. Maybe he's just on a different cattle burger diet. Yeah, he's on a burger diet. He eats nothing but beef, 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 beef. When you say, where's the beef? They say, Canelo's refrigerator. That's where it is. Where's the beef? It's in Canelo. It's at Canelo's house. We, the only meat I eat is, is Canelo. He's, he's got his private butchers. Who, who was it? That was, well, commercial. No, I was not plug it. It was That's Wendy. Uh, McDonald's where's or something. Yeah. yeah. Was it a McDonald's commercial? I don't know if it was McDonald's. It might have been Wendy's. That was Clara Pellin, wasn't it? Something like that. Clara Peller? Clara Pellin. I don't know. Maybe it was Wendy's. Maybe, Maybe it, was. it was Wendy's. Where's the beef? All right. Let's, yeah, uh, let's see Go what's on. going on. Um, okay, so he says, uh, uh, so he says uh, right here, um, okay, so he says, number one, I sat right behind, this is his observations from the fight, he says, I sat right behind Press Row. Moreover, Ronaldo's voice carries throughout the arena. In this case, the arena seats about 2,500 uh, in, in when it's packed, and t I'm telling you, I could hear his voice over everyone. He says it got worse. Most fans left after the Gary Russell fight. Well, he stayed to call the action uh, for the Badu uh, Jack Stevenson fight. If you guys recall, they were calling that action from ringside in Michigan or uh, wherever the other fight was. Um, in uh, uh, it wasn't Michigan. Where where was it? Was it Michigan? Now I'm trying to think where the uh, where that fight was. Where wherever it was, it wasn't. Uh, uh, where um, uh, the, where they were fighting. it wasn't in Canada. Yeah, it wasn't in Canada. All right, uh, I'm uh, my mind is going. So so is a lot of other things. But uh, he says uh, uh, after I uh, right, you can you can hear his voice carrying loudly. He says I should have recorded it for you so you can hear it. He says and for some reason Oscar De La Hoya was not allowed in the ring at all. Usually a wow. promoter's allowed in the ring with his fighters for the intros. Oh, it was in Maryland. He says the Maryland Commission wouldn't let him uh, in the ring with Jojo Diaz. Uh, I got no explanation. Don't know if the commentators mentioned it or not. I don't recall them doing it. But then again, I try not to listen to that idiot. Uh, he says, uh, I don't know how Jojo Diaz's body shot sounded on TV, but man, they were loud as hell in the arena. They sounded wow. loud on TV, but remember I was talking about a, uh, another fighter who I watched uh, um, throw body shots that you could hear over the crowd noise, and he, he didn't have that many knockouts. Uh, well, I was uh, telling you, he might have been slapping. Yeah, yeah, but but um, Jojo Diaz was not slapping those body punches. No, no, punches. no, Jojo Diaz was not slapping. He was planting. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I give a shout-out to uh, my man Boxing Nut, uh, but his name is Morgan, so I appreciate uh, uh, the uh, accolades he's given us in the chat. But uh, 
Thank he you, says, Morgan. He says, lastly, and, and this should be de directed to, a, someone made a, a comment in the other chat room on YouTube about my, why I don't like Steven Espinosa. He says, lastly, Steven Espinosa was at the fight, Billy C. He says he looks worse in person. There's something about this guy. I wouldn't trust him alone with anyone, especially kids. I know. He's got this look. And for all I know, I've never met Steven That's Espinosa. Wrong, man. I, 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 it is wrong. And I've never met Steven Espinosa in person, okay? So, uh, you know. And, and you know, given— He's probably, uh, like Billy. He's probably a nice guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is— is that, uh, you know, he has helped uh, big time. He has helped Showtime's boxing program. Uh, we've gotten treated to some fantastic uh, fights uh, on Absolutely. Showtime. And we got to give Steven Espinosa credit. However, if you judge a book by its cover, which you shouldn't, and trust me, you guys don't be don't be like me. I do, I do, I do. Judge Butch by cover, and when you look at him, his cover says, "Keep your kids away from him." That's I mean, this guy looks scary. You know, there's a guy on the internet that does uh, I forget his name, um, but he does the best short videos, cartoon videos, and they're so funny. He's always got Triple G popping up in there. Uh, big drama show, big drama show. But anyway, he, he's always uh, he's always doing these things. And he had a picture of Steven Espinosa that looked so realistic, okay? Um, and it's true. He's got this look that you just, I, I don't know. Uh, for all I know, he's, he's a nice guy. But uh, uh, just if you have kids and you're around him, Keep them close. Um, I got one more email I want to read, and this is from Coach. He says, hey, Billy C., after opening his mouth about PEDs and later being exposed by Thomas Hauser, the loose-lipped narcissist, the best ever, Floyd Mayweather, and he says that kiddingly because we all think that Floyd Mayweather is of his generation – you know, one of the best fighters of his generation, but to, to suggest that he's the best ever is, is comical. You know, if I had to do, and I always tell people, I, I don't put a fighter on my all-time great pound-for-pound -pound list until he's been out of the sport for five years. I, I want a chance to digest and, and really evaluate the career. But if I had to, if someone forced me to, to make an all-time great list, would Floyd Mayweather be on it? Yes, he would. He would be in my top 25. But I got news for you. He, he may fall somewhere between number 20 and number 25. I don't think that Floyd Mayweather is any higher than number 20 all-time great, at least on my list. There's so many fighters ahead of him. Uh, so to suggest that he's the best ever. But anyway. Uh, you know, I don't want to get off on a tangent against poor Floyd. Uh, coach says, uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather persists on running his gums, continuing to undermine his own carefully picked legacy, most recently saying judges must score more than 30 seconds over the rounds, which just happens to equal the amount of offense he averages in each round. Uh, what's your thoughts? You know, I, wow. I, I do agree with Coach. Thanks for the emails, guys. Um, you know, I, I do agree with Coach that Floyd Mayweather has a tendency to, now that he's sort of retired, I mean, as soon as the tax man, uh, you know, comes uh, threatening to take his I stuff. I see a big fight with him, Javante Davis. I see I see a rematch with Mayweather, with uh, Pacquiao, but anyway. 
Um, yeah, I can see I that do. too. I do. I see. It'll I be see, last to rock. Yeah, Pacquiao I see, has no other way to go. I see Pacquiao winning his next fight and then Floyd fighting him. I, I, that's what I see. I, I, call me crazy, but I, I have a feeling it's going to happen. But um, crazy. what I do agree. <laughs> you say, yeah, I'm not. crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that what I do see with Floyd is typical of, of a person who's guilty of things. And, and throws it another way. Like, for example, the guy stealing from your cash register at, at your job um, is usually accusing other people from stealing. Or, hey, you better watch so-and-so. He, he's stealing from me. You know, when re- in realistic, you know, realistically, he's the one. Um, Floyd Mayweather kind of has a history of that, the whole PED thing. He made such a big deal about it. And a lot of people, although we can't blame Floyd because he's never been busted for it, a lot of people feel he himself was was on uh, PEDs. He says for his fighters, he wants them to fight the best. He wants them to be in the toughest fights possible, et cetera, et cetera. And he's kind of followed through with that. A lot of his fighters have been in tough. Uh, you know, not only Javante Davis and Bado Jack, but some of the other fighters as well. Um, but when you look at Floyd's career, he, he has a lot of big names on his resume. You, we can't deny that. But when you look at the time when he fought them, um, they were all way past their prime. Oscar De La Hoya, Sugar Shane Mosley, to name a couple right off the top. Um, and then when he did fight and win titles uh, in certain divisions, like the welterweight division, instead of fighting the top guy in that division, he always picked the least uh, dangerous guy. Like when he won the welterweight division, everyone at the time wanted to see him fight um, Antonio Margarito. Now, I've always thought that Floyd would have beaten Margarito because of his movement and defensive skill, and Margarito was a one-trick pony with the punching power that we later found out was concrete in his gloves, but that's besides the point. He chose uh, the easiest uh, uh, route. Um, he's only, think I think throughout his career, somebody sent me a stat maybe only two times he fought uh, unifying titles that he always picked the easiest one. So there's a lot of things that Floyd never did um, that he wants people to do. The worst thing about Floyd to me is that he has brainwashed a generation into thinking he's so great and he has brainwashed a generation into thinking that his style of fighting is what we define as the sweet science. When we know now, and I hope that people realize when they see fighters uh, like Javonta Davis and Gary Russell Jr. and Terrence Crawford. And let's throw in, uh, you know, obviously Lomachenko. I meant to say Lomachenko over Javonta Davis. And let's throw in Javonta Davis too. Um, you know, and I can go on. But these guys are the guys that represent the sweet science. They're hitting their opponent. Their opponent can't hit them, but they're in a position to, to strike their opponent. They're not at the other side of the ring. So... Um, I agree with Coach. What do you think? I think it makes a good point, and you know, and I, I agree as well. I think uh, Coach has definitely uh, hit it right on the head. Or um, two. Yeah. Or chin, chin, chin. On his chinny chin, chin. Chin, chin. You know, uh, my man uh, Morgan is making a comment in the chat room. Um, you know, he about Floyd. The one guy you got to give Floyd credit for fighting, really, um, was uh, was Canelo. Canelo was young and in his prime. However, 
However, uh, Canelo, Floyd saw something in Canelo, and he knew that he better fight him then. And he was smart to fight uh, Canelo then. But here's the thing, boys and girls. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that Canelo never fixed what Floyd saw. And this is why that Canelo is at the best he will ever be right now. And unless you're willing to stand in front of him and let him hit you, um, he can't hit effectively on the move. And that's something that Floyd exposed, Sal. And uh, I've said it all the time. Uh, he's got to kind of plant those feet. And uh, it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of funny to see a guy that some people think may be the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in boxing. I don't. But some people do. That he's so that he's got this one problem that's so uh, obvious. Well, it's been there for a while, and, and we've seen it. I mean, I, we saw it when he first fought Floyd Mayweather, and uh, you know, it, it's something I think he's worked on. I think he's he's improved somewhat on it, and I think he's dealt with it the best way he can. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens, how he applies it, and, and, and learns. I mean, he's he's becoming more of a well-rounded fighter on on a lot of levels, and he. Uh, well, he, he considers himself the baddest man on the planet. Who? Canelo? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, as his weight will allow. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I don't think so. I, I think that he's a decent boxer. You know, no, I, he is. He hey, is I lost. I, I lost. I lost all respect for Canelo with I the know. whole PED thing. And and I and although I was a huge Oscar De La Hoya fan, I've lost all respect for him. For him to suggest that um, you know we should take that people shouldn't be uh, pissed off that Canelo tested positive, that it's not a big deal, that it was a mistake, blah blah blah. And you know, I, I think that was terrible. And uh, I just, you know, uh, ah, let's move on. Uh, let's move okay. to the. Let's move <laughs> to. The page. Uh, yeah, let's turn the page. Uh, uh, one last That's time. Song by Bob Seger. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, one last time, I'm going to ask this trivia question um, uh, because nobody's getting it right, and uh, you know, I, I have faith that somebody's going to get it right today. And this is the last time I'm going to ask it. So if I don't have a winner tomorrow, um, we will uh, kick off. Uh, uh, another uh, question. I'm not going to give you this answer because I'm going to recycle it. But uh, uh, which boxer had the fewest pro bouts under his belt after having met five world champions? Um, I'm going to give a really big hint here. All right, I'm going to tell you how many fights he had, which I which is part of the answer. Uh, so I'm going to read the question one more time. I'm going to give you all the hints, and then if you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. The same game that Alex Papali uses to simulate uh, the uh, blast from the past against uh, uh, the current world champion. So uh, it's a really good deal, and you, you'll love this game. It's not graphically, um, you know, it's not a graphically designed game. It, it's a simulation, but you could put... Uh, Sal Rocky Senecola against Boom Boom Mancini if you want. You I know, like it's, to uh, we'll it's pretty good. Uh, so here's the question one more time with the hints. Uh, which ahead. boxer had the fewest pro bouts under his belt after having met five world champions? Uh, the hints are as follows. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. He 
had less than 25 fights when I know we're asking with five world champions, but in less than 25 fights, he actually had six world champions that he faced. And the third and final hint is this guy, uh, it only took him 12 fights to meet five world champions. Um, So, uh, uh, you know, if you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talking Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win your very own copy of the title bout championship computer game. On this day, May 22nd in boxing history, in 1941, Gus Levenovich wins a 15-round decision over Tammy Morello uh, to win the vacant World Light Heavyweight uh, title, and that took place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. On this day in 1993, Roy Jones Jr. wins a 12-round decision over B-Hop, that's Bernard Hopkins, uh, to win the vacant IBF World Middleweight title. And that took place in Washington, D.C. on this day in 93. On this day in 1999, Floyd Mayweather Jr. knocks out Justin Juco in the ninth round to retain his WBC World Super Featherweight title. It took place in Vegas. That was a world beater, that Justin Juco. I tell you, that Floyd Mayweather beating a guy like Juco, man, that should make him the best ever. I mean, Justin Juco, what a killer. Uh, on this day in 1999, um, on the same card, Oscar De La Hoya knocks out Obacar in the 11th round to retain his WBC World Welterweight title, and that took place in Vegas. On this day in 1993, Riddick Bowe knocks out Jesse Ferguson in the second round to retain his heavyweight title uh, in Washington on the same card as Roy Jones Jr. and Hop. And finally, on this day, May 22nd in 1990, uh, former uh, world champion and boxing hall of famer Rocky Graziano died. Uh, he was 71 years old. He was known. Uh, he was a former world middleweight champion, known for his exciting come at you style. He finished his career with 67 wins, 52 by knockout, with 10 losses and six draws. He was uh, uh, inducted into the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1991. Uh, and uh, was in uh, commercials, TVs, uh, shows, movies, etc. Uh, we lost uh, a great one on this day in 1990. But uh, hey, don't forget tomorrow uh, our blast from the past is on uh, James Scott, former light heavyweight contender who used to fight out a Rawway prison uh, in uh, Jersey. Uh, we'll be talking about him. We got Larry Hazard scheduled to join us to so get his thoughts on the fights from last weekend and programming note we are not doing a live show on thursday and friday so uh tomorrow will be our our last day so we will be doing super chat wednesday tomorrow i guess but uh in any event hey no matter what you do make sure you tune in tomorrow morning same bat time same bat channel until then i'll leave you with this ciao baby Da na 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 na